sort of been uh, looking a little bit about <laughs> our relationships and we'll continue to look along those lines towards the end of the year. Um, and as you read through that passage, as you hear, as you listen to that passage, there's a whole lot of talk about, you know, that unity that, that God wants, you know, that they might become one just as we're one, that the world might know that you've sent me because of the unity that they see among brothers and sisters. So it's such an important thing that we learn to grow together um, and let the Spirit of God unite us. That's the biggest thing, you know, Spirit of God, let, let the Spirit work in our hearts. Now, I was going to talk about how we belong to each other today, that, um, but we might do that next week. Just that belonging to each other, what does that really mean? That when, when um, Paul was writing, he talked about the body of Christ and as Jesus is praying there, let them be one as we're one, there's this belonging to one another. And so we're going to look at that in terms of the body that in actual fact, we're not strangers, we're not acquaintances, but there's meant to be this deeper relationship between us as Christians. However, I, uh, as I was just thinking and praying last night, and this morning, I just felt to talk about something else and it's to do with a story that uh, we read in the Gospels like about a lady who had what they called an issue of blood or, or what we'd say now, she couldn't stop bleeding. And why I wanted to do this is that it, it really he spoke to me about people wanting breakthrough where they've been praying and believing for something for a really long time and, and it's just frustrating. I don't know if you've ever been in that position before where you feel like, is this ever going to end? You know, um, and sometimes we make excuses in our own mind as to why God's not doing something. We're like, you know, we, we come up with all sorts of excuses. Um, God's teaching me something, which, you know, he can teach us through whatever it might be. God's too busy with everyone else who's got bigger problems than me. Maybe I'm embarrassed of my past or, or things that are in my life or even of what I'm praying about. Maybe I'm embarrassed about that. Maybe I, I think that God doesn't want to do it, you know, that he actually really isn't good at all. Um, but if he is good, he's not good to me. He's good to everyone else. And I just wanted to sort of talk about that today because what I want to encourage you today is to just really press in and say, yes, God will do it for me. I don't know if you've ever been waiting around for a good thing, and it always seems to take a long time, right? Especially, like, you must remember as you, when you're kids, you're waiting for Christmas, or you're waiting for the school bell. Good things. <laughs> and you're in double English on a Friday, and it just goes on and on and on and on. It just seems to never happen, but when you get a bill, you're like, oh, was that due today? <laughs> It's sort of out of the way, it's gone. And where did all that time go? I've been waiting. And I think that's sometimes what it is for us too, you know. There, there, there can be a frustration in the waiting. Of course there is, because we're looking forward to something that, that God has for us or we, we're believing for something and we just haven't seen it. And we can get a little bit discouraged, can't we? There's a proverb that talks about it that says, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the promise comes, it's a well of life. And we all know how that feels, don't we? Like when we've been praying or believing for something in the past and it's happened, it's just like, it's an amazing sense of relief, of joy, of happiness that, 
And it is, it's like a well of life to us. We've come to this place where God has moved in our life and done something amazing. And sometimes there is that period of waiting where God's saying just be persistent and be patient in prayer. But I just want you to sort of start to think perhaps maybe today that Jesus might do for me what I've been longing for, what I've been waiting for. Maybe he could do that. Maybe hopefully today I can stir up some faith inside of you to go, you know, why not me? Why can't God do that for me? And maybe even go that little step further of God will do it for me. I'm actually going to trust him fully. And whatever I'm believing for now, I'm laying on the line today. Because we're going to pray at the end for everyone as, as we stand up and when we stand up for our final worship set that we're just going to believe together. And we're going to just pray and we're going to lock in and we're going to say, you know what, God, I've been waiting for this. Maybe today is the day of your salvation. But please remember this, God is never late. He really isn't. It's funny, like I was reading through the account of uh, Acts where the Holy Spirit came upon the church. They were, they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come just as Jesus told them to do. He said, go wait in the upper room, wait for this Holy Spirit because it's going to give you power to be more witnesses in the earth. And then the Holy Spirit came and touched the people there and, and there was amazing things happened as God's favour was poured out upon them and then they were being accused of being drunk because what happened was when they got filled with the Holy Spirit they began to speak in other tongues and, and there was this like, these guys must be drunk because they spilled out onto the street and they started preaching and people that weren't from that area that had a different language heard the good news preached in their own language and people were like, well they've got to be drunk. You know, no pubs are open, but these guys are out on the street. They've got to be drunk. And, and Peter said this. He said, they're not drunk. This is the promise that came from Joel many, many years ago. But when you hear it as the story unfolded, it was like all of a sudden or suddenly the Holy Spirit came and filled the room. And then Peter's going, that suddenly began 2,000 years ago or 1,000 years ago or hundreds of years ago, whatever it is, that, that time between was a waiting time but then it was like suddenly the Holy Ghost came as though it was something unexpected as though it was something that wasn't prophesied but Joel recognized it and he uh, sorry Peter recognized it and he said this is what Joel spoke of the all of a sudden was God preparing to move in a miraculous and mighty way and perhaps today you might stir up that faith within you and go can I have that all of a sudden today and sometimes it does take a bit of work. God's got to move things and place things and whatever it might be, but there's other issues in your life where today is the day of salvation. That's it. God wants this to happen today. I think specifically for healing, I know he wants it to happen today. But it hasn't happened. It doesn't matter. God does want it to happen. Let's first of all believe that, that God wants to do it. There's a story in the Bible about a man coming to Jesus and he said, can you heal me, help my faith? You know, he says... I know you can heal me if you're willing and, and just the words of Jesus are just so compelling and he says this, I am willing. God's heart is towards us as people and we're singing today about it. God is good, God loves us, the love of God, it's, it's being given to us and, and to just grab hold of that and understand that it's actually true begins to change the way we think and the faith we have. You see, faith, hope and love, they, they remain and, and the thing is that faith is made possible because we know God loves us. 
Because we know God loves us, we understand his heart towards us and then we can begin to believe in him. So often we want to just start with faith, but love is the strength behind everything. We know and understand God. So we're going to look at this story of of this woman and just how she pressed through a crowd to receive something from Jesus. And I want you to just grab hold of that this morning. Just think about it in your own life. What are the things you're waiting for breakthrough? What is this moment in time that you've been longing for and waiting to see? So let's bring up the passage. So it's in Luke chapter 8, and we're starting at verse 40. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I remember hearing a preacher once who said that how we often study the steps of Jesus, but perhaps sometimes we should study the stops of Jesus. The times when he was on another mission, but something came and interrupted him, and that is what happened in this story. We see a woman who had an issue of blood, in what I would say in the King James, an issue of blood, or she'd been bleeding for 12 years. Not only had she not been made well, but it talked about how she had actually spent all her money trying to get better. She had been going around from doctor to doctor and nothing had helped and she had just run out of options. There's nothing in the natural that she could see that could make any difference and, and she was in this crowd that was around Jesus looking and perhaps she'd heard some stories about what Jesus could do. Maybe she'd seen some of the miracles that he'd done. But there's something in her heart that stopped her coming to him openly and she was afraid, she was ashamed of her condition. Sometimes that's us, isn't it? We, we, we feel ashamed, we don't want to approach Jesus because we feel ashamed of where we are. But we understand that he is our only hope. And this is a beautiful thing about God, he is not bound by natural laws. While the doctors and and the physicians could not heal her while she spent all her money trying to get better, God is God. He is the first cause of everything, which is why he can work outside of space and time and he can bring a miracle, he can restore things where there's brokenness. He can add a new body part if you wanted to because God is the first cause. The world we're living is is the second cause, right? So if I hurt myself, if I cut myself, I bleed, but it scabs over and then it gets better as God designed my body. But you know what? Sometimes things in our life are just beyond the natural. 
And first of all, we have to hope in the supernatural. We have to say, you know what, God, despite what I see, despite what I know, despite what my world is telling me, I have to believe in you. If you are God, you can act outside what I can see. You are the God of the invisible, the things that are unseen. And one of the things we have to remember is that our hope is not based in a worldly hope, but it's based in a God who has done amazing things in the past and he'll continue to do amazing things in the future and he'll do amazing things now for those who believe. There are people sitting here today that have beaten cancer that was meant to kill them because God stepped in. There are people here in relationships that were bad, but God stepped in. There are people here who are addicted to something, but God stepped in because God is good and God wants to free us and set us free from everything that chains us and holds us back from being who he wants to be. So the first thing is to, to actually overcome my doubt and start to press in. I think it would have been really hard for this lady to press in, don't you? It talks about the crowds around Jesus. In fact, you know, as we read on through that, we hear about how Jesus was told, you're crazy, basically, by that same guy, Peter, as usual. There's everyone around you. They're crowded around and, and everybody's touching you, Jesus. What are you talking about? What do you mean somebody touched you? <laughs> and I think sometimes we just think we're part of that crowd. We feel like God's got so many more important things to deal with than my little issue. And sometimes we restrict God to our own knowledge and understanding rather than his infinite power. God has got time for every single problem that's in this room. God has got time to listen to every single prayer in this room. God is not limited. His power doesn't stop because he's answered three prayers today and that's enough. His power is never-ending. And no matter where you are, God's power is available to you. No matter what your problem is, God's power is available to you and it is not limited. Although the crowds were around him touching, 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 there was one person who felt the power of God. Actually, there was two, Jesus and her. Jesus felt it leave him. She saw the result. And I just want to encourage you today to stop having this mindset that maybe God's too busy for me. Maybe my problem's not big enough. Maybe it's not important enough and maybe I won't even ask. Because this lady could have just been in the crowd and stood back, but she said, no, I'm going to press in. I'm not going to let it be that, that I walk away from here today without touching Jesus. And that was her thoughts. If only I could touch the hem of his garment. If only I could touch his robe. If only I could do it. I, I think I can be healed. How much determination would it take for someone to push through a crowd? We're thinking of a woman here. And imagine the crowd around Jesus. We're not talking about you know, two or three people and she can just weave in and out. And we're talking crowds. People pressed up against him. I don't know if you've ever been at, at an event where you're trying to get to somewhere and you just can't get through. Can you imagine that? 
You've got to get up to the front of the stage to jump in the mosh pit. <laughs> but you can't get through the crowd, whatever it might be. There's, there's things that are stopping you. The determination of this woman is unbelievable. And I think God wants us to have that same heart when it comes to the things of him. Are you determined that you are not going to leave without touching the hem of his garment? Are you determined that it doesn't matter what the obstacle is, I'm going to push through and touch Jesus today? The truth is that no matter how big the crowd, Jesus has time for every single person in that crowd. And that means you. That means that he's got time to look at your issues and your problems and your prayers and your petitions and your needs and your wants and your desires and to listen to you and to answer you. Because his power is infinite. And you do not need to think that there is not enough for you. There is always enough. <laughs> and when Jesus saw or felt that power come out from him, what did he do? He asked about it, right? He's like, who touched me? And I've got to say, Peter's question is pretty fair. Don't you think? Jesus, look at everyone. <laughs> Everyone's touched you. Uh, which one in particular? What time? Big hand, little hand? Elbow? COVID-19 folks? But Jesus felt something go out of him and it was in a reaction to faith. But still when he's asking that question, what did the lady do? She hid away in fear. Why? You ever ask those questions to yourself? Why would she hide? She's just received a miracle from, from Jesus that says she touched him and immediately her bleeding stopped. Never be ashamed of what God has done for you. But she came in shame because the issue of blood or the bleeding issue that she had would have made her separate from society. She would be unclean. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe in the past she'd, she'd tried to do something and, and she'd been shunned by everyone else because no one else would welcome her in, really. She's bleeding and that's unclean. Don't get near me. You're going to contaminate me. But the thing is, with God, with Jesus, it's totally the other way around, isn't it? It's what it should be like for us as well. You know, the Old Testament law was basically don't touch this, don't touch that. If you do this, it'll make you unclean. But when Jesus died and when he lived, he turned all that around. He said, rather, it's the other way around. Those who are sanctified can go and make the others that aren't clean. Those who are unclean can be made well by those who are clean. Rather than being contaminated by darkness, Jesus says, now you've got light. And that light will pierce the darkness. That light will overcome the darkness. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to fear that we'd be made unclean because Jesus' blood washed us clean. Can anything overcome his blood? Nothing can overcome it. His blood has cleansed us from all sin and that's it. And so we don't need to be afraid anymore. So Jesus wasn't afraid, but she was afraid maybe that there's that shame that if she was exposed for what she did, then maybe the people would turn on her. Why were you even touching Jesus? Now we've got to consider that to be a possibility considering the way that the Pharisees were. Jesus, why did you heal that person on the Sabbath? You should have waited till Sunday. Don't do that work today, Jesus. 
Always these questions about why are you breaking all the rules, Jesus? Maybe she was afraid of that, that, that in this crowd there's all Pharisees are saying, why did you even come to here? You had this issue of blood, let's kill you. That happened. That sort of stuff happened. But Jesus wanted to say, no, I see a worthiness in this lady. Come out, come out, tell us your story. And it's interesting, like when you read that passage, it doesn't just say she confessed up. It says everyone around her got to hear her story. Jesus healed. When she finally came forward, she was afraid, but Jesus, with his comforting way, just said to her, come on, don't be afraid, tell your story. Let everyone know what I've done for you. Let them understand that I am the healer, that I'm the one who breaks through, even through a long-term problem. And we see it throughout the Gospels and throughout the New Testament that there are some things that are in our life that have been ingrained. There's, there's a lame man that was lame from birth and, and Peter and John went to pray and Acts it talks about they walk past. We don't have silver and gold, but get up and walk. Jesus healing people that were blind from birth. We're talking about problems that are long-term, that are ingrained, yet Jesus broke through. And perhaps there's something in your life that's like that today. Perhaps there's something that you've just been struggling with for years and years and you're just like, maybe you've even given up and said, well, God can't do anything and he won't. Maybe that's what the woman could have done, eh? I'll just give up. Let me just die. Let me die in peace. Maybe the men blind from birth that Jesus healed. Maybe the lame beggar. Maybe even the thief that hung on the cross next to Jesus that Jesus welcomed into the kingdom at his very final breath. It's too late. It's too late for me. With your salvation, it's never too late. It's never too late to give your heart to God. It's never too late to make him king of your life. He will welcome you in on your deathbed. It doesn't matter. And I just think we should gain some encouragement from this woman, her tenacity, her endeavour to push through the crowd and touch Jesus because she knew that that's where the power resided in. And I really believe that there's some things in here that you've been praying for, believing for, for a long time, that God's going to do something today. He's going to break through. What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? What if I let fear overcome my faith today? I'll be honest with you. Maybe he won't. I don't know why sometimes we just look at him and see, you know, it just didn't happen, but that doesn't mean that God didn't want it. That God doesn't want to break through in your life, he does. And he said today is the day of salvation, that every day, if it's not today, it's today. (laughs) When you wake up in the morning, today is the day of salvation. I want to see that breakthrough of God today. Keeping on believing, and that's why it talks about us to pray with patience and perseverance. 
to see God move, but I know that God wants to touch someone, at least one person today, and heal something or take something away or make a change today because otherwise he wouldn't have told me to talk about this. Who is it? Is it you? Are you going to be the one who presses through the crowd? Are you going to be, yep, that's me, I'm desperate enough, I'm, I'm ready for Jesus to work? I'm ready for him to work outside of space and time and my understanding and what I can see because I know that God is the God of the unseen. And I love how it says the things that we see, as I said before, time and time again, I know the things that we see are earthly, they're temporal and they're subject to change. And that's a good thing for us to understand because if it's subject to change, then we understand that God can change things. But the things that are eternal are forever. And my understanding is that God is eternal. That he is above the natural. That he is above anything else. And his spirit can work in amazing, miraculous ways today. So I just want to encourage you with that because we're just about to pray. Mm. (laughs) The last thing I just wanted to point out is with this lady. How did she leave? You think about it, she came with hope and desperation. She came with fear. She maybe came in hopelessness. But at the end of the passage... Actually, can we bring up that slide, that last one of that passage, please? If you can find it, that's it there. How's she going? In peace. See, that's God's ultimate desire for you. To have peace. That's his ultimate desire. And Jesus did address her as as a beautiful way, isn't it? A beautiful way, daughter. Not woman, not lady, not Sheila. (laughs) Your faith has made you well. But isn't it Jesus that made her well? Yeah? But in this story, there's no interaction of Jesus before she was made well. She was the one that pressed in. He didn't stop and look at her and start to talk to her about her problem and then heal her. She just reached out. And maybe even today, some people are thinking, you know, I I need to wait for Jesus to take notice. Then I'll reach out to him. Maybe reach out before before he takes notice. Of course he understands and knows everything. But he didn't know who touched him, did he? He didn't go, oh, it was you that touched me. But who did it? Maybe he did know. Doesn't seem like it, but maybe he did. Maybe he was just waiting for her to fess up. I don't know. But I do know this, that she took initiative And sometimes we need to do that as well. There's things in our life, honestly, that we don't even ask about. 
Have you noticed that? I've noticed that in my life. It's like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Three weeks later, it's still the same. Oh, don't worry about it. But then, I realise I need to ask him. I need to ask him. Now, the Bible says he knows what we're going to ask before we pray. Then why pray? Because he's waiting for us to just step up in faith and say, you know what, God, I need you now. And there might even be things in your life where you're not even praying about them. You're just accepting them as being normal and, and you just, you know, that's my lot in life. I'm just going to carry that forever. And, but we know it's not what God wants for you because you're not in peace. You haven't gone away. You haven't had the words of Jesus coming and saying, daughter, go in peace. And you're in turmoil. You're in frustration. You're in fear. That is not of God. And he wants to change it. He wants you to ask him. He wants you to press in. He wants you to grab hold of his hand. He wants you to have faith that he can do something beyond what you can see. And start to do what you're believing for. So what I want us to do, if we could, is just stand at the moment. If we could all do that, just stand up. And we're going to pray. I'm going to pray, but you're going to pray as well because you're just agreeing or you're praying for your own thing, whatever it might be. Where is it in your life that you've been afraid to ask God for something? Where it is in your life that you've been struggling with something for a really long time and you need to have salvation, today might just be that day. Is there a sickness in your life where you're just knowing that it needs to go, it's not of God, get it out in Jesus' name and you're just going to trust him today for that healing? Is there a relationship that needs mending? You're going to trust him for that. Is there salvation that you need from God? You've never given your heart to him. Today is that day to do that. Let's believe for a breakthrough. Let's be desperate people. Let's follow after God and ask him for what we need. Let's be those people. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for the amazing power that has been given to us through Jesus Christ. Lord, that you haven't left us on our own, but you've given us the Holy Spirit, that comfort to help us. But Lord, above that, you are above everything. You are above every principality, power, here on earth, in heaven, no matter where it is. Lord, and you are a God of miracles. Father, you are a God that likes to break through in the hard things of our life this morning as we just come before you. Lord, whatever it is in anyone's life that they need a touch from you in the name of Jesus Christ, I just pray right now that you would meet that need. Lord, destroy the work of the enemy in their lives. Father God, give them hope and strength. And Lord, give them relief and peace, Lord God. I just pray this morning that there would be people amongst us, Lord, that have had that thing that go away in peace today knowing that once and for all it's been settled by the amazing power of God, whatever it might be. We just want to thank you this morning for that, God, and we just believe in you. We believe that you are above all. We believe in your power. We believe, Lord God, that we can receive it from you. This morning, if anyone has doubts or fears or feels that they're insignificant or feels ashamed, Lord God, we just bind that in Jesus' name. And we just ask right now that they would boldly come in and receive what you have for them. We just want to thank you for it now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.